Lord bless you. You're hearing Mr. Kakalidi's studies. And I know we're studying Genesis chapter 1, but today I just felt like talking about the book of Job. And in the book of Job, we can see what's Job's sin is self-righteous pride. Job's sin was self-righteous pride, though this man was the most righteous in his time. His strength was his weakness, and here are some evidence of his self-righteous pride. If we read in Job 23, verse 10 to 12, he says, But he knows the way that I take. When he has tested me, I shall come forth as gold. My foot has held fast to his steps, and I have kept his way, and not turned aside. I have not departed from the commandments of his lips. I have treasured the words of his mouth more than my necessary food. We see in Job 27, verse 5 and 6, he says, For it be it for me that I should say, You are right. Till I die, I will not put away my integrity from me. My righteousness I hold fast and will not let go. It go, my heart shall not reproach me as long as I live. Elu, one of the youngest of Job's friends, and the only one who wasn't rebuked by God, recognizes this. In Job 32, verse 2, Then the wrath of Elu, the son of Barakal, the Buzite of the family of Ram, was aroused against Job. His wrath was aroused because he justified himself rather than God. And in Job 33, verse 8, he said, Surely you, Job, have spoken in my hearing, and I've heard the sound of your words saying, I am pure without transgression. I am innocent, and there is no iniquity in me. Now, this pride of Job was done away with, when the presence of God appeared to him in Job 40, verse 3 and five, till 5. Then Job answered the Lord and said, Behold, I am vile. What shall I answer you? I lay my hand over my mouth. Once I have spoken, but I will not answer. Yes, twice, but I will proceed no more. Notice, from saying he was righteous, he was blameless. When he came into the presence of God, Job understood himself to be a sinner, a sinner like everyone else. That prideness of Job went away. When you're in the presence of God, when you truly recognize your condition before God, There's no room for prideness. It needs to be done away. In Job 42, verse 1 to... um, 6, he said, it says the following, Then Job answered the Lord and said, I know that you can do any, everything, and that no purpose can be withheld from you. You ask... 
who is this who darkens counsel without knowledge? Therefore I have spoken things I did not understand, things too wonderful for me which I did not know. Listen, I pray you, and I will speak. You said I will question you, and you shall answer me. I have heard of you by hearing of the ears, but now my eyes see you. Therefore I despise myself and repent in dust and ashes. Oh, brothers and sisters, you know what we need to understand nowadays? The holiness of God, the purity of God, and the sinfulness of man. Oh, if there ever is a time more than ever, it's the time that we're living now to understand that God is holy, pure, righteous, without sin. And you are a terrible sinner. And how can you, who are a terrible sinners, be made right with God? And that is only through Jesus Christ. <clears throat> only to Jesus. Because he died. <clears throat> so you can have his righteousness. But if you reject his righteousness, you're stuck with your self-righteous pride, which will end you in hell. It's just like if I was in prison for a crime which I committed, and the judge was to tell me, someone paid for you to get out. And I say, no, I paid for the crime. I want to pay for it. I did the crime. I paid for it. Well, you know what? You stay stuck in prison because you want to pay for your crime where somebody else paid for that crime. You can't say on that day, oh, I want out because so-and-so paid for my sins. No, you rejected it. You have no right to then beg for that righteousness, beg for that way out, because you rejected it. Oh, Christ died for your sins, but if you reject it, you cannot claim that promise ever again. When you're burning in hell, where the fire does not quench and that worm does not die, where your conscience will be bothering you day and night, Saying to you, I had the chance. I had many that was preaching to me about Jesus and I kept on rejecting it because I thought I was able to be, to make it on my own. I thought I was righteous enough, but I did not see my misery of sin. Oh, don't let that self-righteous pride take hold of you. Oh, there's many millions of Muslims in hell because they think they're righteous enough while they were alive. They thought they were righteous enough, but they were found wanting in the balance and lacking. Oh, brothers and sisters, your good works cannot undo your evil works. It has to be paid for by the blood of Christ. 
The Bible says in Hebrews 9 verse 22, without shedding of blood, there is no remission of sins. Without blood, there is no atonement. Or you go to the tabernacle, and what you see, you see blood everywhere. Blood scattered on the, hallelujah, on the mercy seat, on the cherubims. Oh, there was blood. There was the smell of blood. There was the stain of blood on the Ark of the Covenant. It was a bloody thing. And yet that blood atonement of animal wasn't enough. It needed to be the blood atonement of the undefiled Son of God. Oh, Jesus never sinned. Jesus, who is God and man, is the only one who could pay for your sins. And if you receive that, and you accept him as your Lord and Savior, and you acknowledge that he resurrected from the dead, you will be saved. Hallelujah. Glory be to God. Oh, you're a terrible sinner, but Jesus is a, is amazing Savior. Lord bless you, and I'll see you in the next studies of Mr. Kakalides. Bye-bye.